Welcome to Tiger Talk, 41st Field Artillery Brigade podcast for health, wellness, and spirituality, led by your brigade behavioral health team, your brigade chaplain, and your soldier family readiness representative. Hey folks, welcome back to another week of Tiger Talk podcast, Coping with COVID. So we promised you the the next week to have the part two of mindfulness Actually, so this week we're going to take a step back and, and take a different route. And we're titling this one, Coping with COVID and the Rest of the World. And if you've seen the news recently, so today is Thursday, 4 June. If you've seen the news, then you know what, what's going on in, in America and, and the things that not only Americans are dealing with, but soldiers are dealing with. So today we have a special podcast with our behavioral health professionals. Hello. Sabrina Lewis. Hello. Ryan Hernandez. Hello. And a special guest, Sergeant First Class, Philip Hawley, our EOA. Hello. And this week I've listened to a lot of podcasts, commentators that have discussed many things. One being that we were able to put people in in outer space this this past Saturday. And others that's really reflecting on, on the tension that's going on in the United States. So one, one person in particular, John Stone Street from Breakpoint Today said, think about it. We can go to space. We can instantly communicate with anyone anywhere in the world. We might even develop a treatment for COVID-19. It's amazing that human, what humans can do. And yet, and yet, we are, by an objective measure, a nation barely holding itself together. Our best scientific achievements and our brightest technological innovations offer no solution for our deepest divisions or our most serious problems. And with that, it it just so happens that yesterday, the Secretary of the Army, the Chief of Staff, and the Sergeant Major of the Army all sent out a a message to us. And just the beginning of that talks about what's going to lead into our podcast. And they said, over the past week, the country has suffered an explosion of frustration over the racial divisions that still plague us as Americans. And because your army is a reflection of American society, those divisions live in the army as well. We feel the frustration and anger. So what do we do with that frustration? And what do we do with that anger? From a behavioral health perspective, um, you know, all we talk about is what do you do with your emotions, appropriate ways to express them. Because I personally believe that there is no way to control your emotions. I don't believe that at all. I think you experience them and there's appropriate, inappropriate ways to express them. And so as a black female, my anger, which is typically always there, right? Um, A lot of stuff bubbles it up, like hearing stuff in the news, looking on social media. And while it does excite me to see so many people, even people that I didn't even think would be supporting the cause, which is ending police brutality, ending senseless killings, um, it does anger me that this is still something that we have to talk about. And it angers me because I have no idea how to resolve that. Like, what are we supposed to do? Um, But for me, the way that I handle my anger, my frustration, is I talk about it. I don't necessarily talk about it with people who are like-minded. I really try to get everybody's input whoever I see I want to speak about it and there's appropriate and appropriate ways to handle that but for me it's just all about starting that conversation and that really gets out a lot of my anger because it's just letting me talk about it when I speak about it with people who are like-minded sometimes 
I feel like the conversation goes in a circle because we are agreeing on top of each other. And while that's helpful at times, it's really beneficial to get someone else's opinion, whether they disagree with me. And that's just because it helps me further define where my boundaries are and what I'm willing to accept and not willing to accept. Um, but it also sometimes helps me see their point of view, which again, I may not agree with it, um, but there's a sense of understanding and there's a conversation that is had, which I think is the end of the day needs to happen, a conversation. You know, and I think you bring up a great point because with all of the sociopolitical things going on in the States and COVID-19 and just being Oconus, there is a profound sense of powerlessness that I have felt myself, that I think those around me feel. Mm -hmm. Being disconnected from those at home, um, we have limited opportunities to go back and see our families, we can't leave. There are things going on, good, bad, and indifferent, that we are missing out on. And that physical distance can make all of this unrest and uncertainty even worse. And I think you bringing up how to have conversations, how to explore what is going on in your own heart and mind is so important because that in and of itself is something to do. Don't let the emotions just control the way. You can understand what is going on, understand what is bothering you, understand why things are happening, maybe from your perspective or another, and that can lead you down a path to growth. And then this whole period that feels like a waiting period really is useful. And think about that. So as you just heard from, from Sabrina, she, she's speaking out of a reflection as, a, as a, a counseling professional, a licensed counselor that is admitting her own frustrations, anger. And if you have somebody who, who this is her career in counseling and admitting that, that there's stuff going on internally, then you have to realize that we all are going through stuff. And it's okay to, to talk with, with your neighbors. It's okay to talk with your soldiers it's okay to not be okay right now. And what is not okay is for us to keep it bottled up and just to keep the, the tension in the room or keep the, the tension in an organization. That's, that's what I think that Sabrina, as, as she reflected on the inability to be able to, to do something in creating the greatest frustration is what a lot of us are experiencing is like, what can I do whenever I'm trying to grab at air, when I'm, I'm trying to change um, what is going on? What, do I, what can I do when I'm so far away from the United States, from my family, from, from what's going on there with family and friends, and we're all the way over here in Europe, what can I do? And so we come to you today talking about some of that, whether it's honest conversation, communication with people, healthy reflection, dialogue, that's one way. What else can be done? You know, Chaplain, I wanna hold right there because I have found for myself that it is incredibly difficult to 
engage with conversation with people that I sometimes feel have the opposite position from what I hold. And it can feel like a fight. Like we go in entrenched in our views and we're going to slug it out. And really, I never feel heard in those situations. And I don't think the other person feels heard. And I'd really like to see what Sergeant Holly says about how to engage with somebody in a respectful manner, even if we disagree. So first of all, I'd like to thank you for having me today. And the biggest thing that I've learned is always having a safe setting. Uh, so whether or not you're having conversation with people that disagree with you, because more than likely, nobody's going to have the same views in life. Um, everybody's coming from a different culture, different uh, walks of life, different experiences. And so I, I think this is what's really important. And then just um, not agreeing with everybody, but also looking at maybe putting yourself in their shoes and seeing how... Um, that may affect them because we're not mm. gonna always feel the same. Mm. But being respectful to other people um, in their point of view it is definitely gonna help this situation. But always having that safe setting, it doesn't have to be like in a locked room or anything, but not having like other people come in and out of the conversation, but just having a real talk. Yeah. Um, because if you're not having these conversations, we're never gonna grow into that next um, part in life where we need to be. Yeah. And I think you mentioned a good point because it's just about having the conversation, just starting it. Because you're probably going to maybe mess up or not get to a common ground initially. But like you said, you're going to grow. So you got to start somewhere. And even as you're engaging in those conversations, you will yourself figure out how to effectively communicate. That's one thing that we talk about um, in my groups or even in my treatment sessions is that you got to start somewhere and stuff doesn't happen overnight. So when you're angry and you're like, I don't need to talk about this, I need to step away from whatever's causing me to be angry, that's really doing yourself a disservice. You need to stay there sometimes. sometimes. Um, it's beneficial for you to stay there and talk through it and figure out what's going on and what's trying to make you escape. Because the main thing that people want to escape from is their discomfort. Mm -hmm. And it's helpful and the growth happens in your discomfort when you're uncomfortable. So stay there, allowing yourself to feel those emotions because you can't run away from them and learning how to effectively express yourself. And the other thing that Sarhali hit on was um, safety, being in a safe environment. I think that's super important. Um, and also the person that you're commu communicating with. Understand that they are a safe person to communicate with and that they are open, willing to engage in dialogue. Um, and sometimes it's helpful to have another person there who's who's not necessarily going to take any sides, right, wrong, anything like that, again, somebody who's open, that can balance out the conversation to where, so if somebody feels like they're getting mistreated or the conversation is getting a little bit more heated than needed, they can kind of step in and say, hey, I want to go back to what the main point is and, you know, focusing on the main reason that the discussion is being had and not so much on those outlier conversations. Yeah, that, that's pretty amazing advice to and for self-reflection for us for us all to think about and look at our own emotional state and before we respond because oftentimes we as Franklin Covey says we 
we listen to respond instead of listening to understand. Mm -hmm. And if you really take a step back and you're trying to really to understand another person, then you're not listening to, to just respond to what they have to say, but you're hearing them and they feel like you're hearing, hearing them. I have a, a uh, spiritual approach to, to taking a step back before responding. That's, that's from a, a spiritual perspective, it's from a faith perspective, so uh, if you have a particular faith that, that you lean on, then, then it's important to, to reflect on what we do prior to even engaging in um, a difficult topic, that is. And, and so some of this came from, as I was listening to, to Harvest Ministry Associate Pastor Elijah Braggs, and he gave it four different areas, and quickly, the first one is pause in wisdom. So when we, when we don't pause, it, at least for a moment, then we often will react emotional. I will often react emotional. And just to take a moment to pause in wisdom, to allow the emotions to settle, to be, to be honest with the emotions, and reflect on, on what you're, you're feeling before you say it is the first, pause in wisdom. Second is pray for wisdom. So if you are a, a faith background that, that prays, then pray. Go to, to your higher power in prayer before you react. The third is read from wisdom. So whatever your sacred text is, whatever your scripture is, go to it. Gain reflection. So we're pausing in wisdom, we're praying in wisdom, we're reading from wisdom, and then we have the capability to respond in wisdom. And so that, that's very important, and it just gives us, it only takes a brief moment to do that. And even some of the mindfulness stuff that we talked in the last session brings the emotions down. It is not a, an encouragement to get rid of the emotions. That only, that only causes more problems. It's just bringing the self down, allowing you to reflect on where you are. Then you're able to respond and to be there for other people, to, to talk with other people without it being such a, an, an emotional response. You're able to reflect and, and really get your point across and maybe even hear others too. I also think it's really important when you're having these conversations with people uh, that you're always speaking for self. Um, it, you cannot represent the whole culture. I cannot represent everybody in the military, how everybody in the military feels. But what I can do is I could discuss with somebody how it has affected me personally in the military, uh, but not everybody's going to feel that way. Yeah. Everybody has their point, different point of view. So if you keep it, then when you're having con conversations with people, they could, it's going to be more intimate and then how it's really affecting you rather than a whole culture because you can't represent that culture. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't remember if I mentioned this in one that we've already published or one that we have in the queue, but thinking about emotions and why they're there why do things impact you the way that they do so when you have an injury it comes from an experience that you've had and when we look at our own experiences like Sergeant Holly just said it's different from everybody else what hurts me may not hurt you as the listener but we won't know that unless we do a long hard look at ourselves and so my research background is in identity development. A lot of that is introspection, thinking about the way that you think, and understanding how you 
are shaped and how you move through the world. And so part of that is in this context, understanding what are triggers to you and why that is. Because when we are having these difficult, difficult conversations, some of these things might feel like an attack. They may not be intended that way, but the way that we are constructed, that might be something that is a trigger for us. And if you don't know that, that can derail this whole conversation. Um, it's, it's a very subtle thing, it's very hard, and I'm not claiming to be an expert at doing it. I, I just know a lot about it in theory, mm-hmm. but I try and do it well every day, and oftentimes I fail. And I do want to go back to what Son Holly said, because it's very important to speak from your own experiences, mm-hmm. but also when you're speaking to not try to to read someone else's mind that you're speaking with. So, you know, you think this, you think that, because that's automatically confrontational statements, Mm -hmm. right? So it does help to just say, like, I feel X, Y, and Z. I feel like this when I hear X, Y, and Z. That way nobody can necessarily tell you you don't feel like that or anything because it's true. That's how you feel. And you're also not blaming other people or um, antagonizing other people with those statements. Mm-hmm. You're being, you're speaking from yourself. You're speaking in your truth, and um, you're allowing other people to hear that, which is very powerful as well. That is that is hitting the nail on the heads for him because we are trying to to get a point across of what is going on inside of us, and if we do that in a healthy way and we speak with our own voice, we speak with our own truth, then the other side has to be, or or really in a healthy way, should be a listener who is receptive. Doesn't mean they have to agree. That's not what we're saying, is that everybody has to agree. We're actually saying that what makes up the amazing part of our, our military is the diversity. And we want to embrace that diversity whatever background we're from and ethnicity that's the beauty in the way where I see that God created us not to form and fit somebody into a peg that they're they're not supposed to be in and so by doing that we're allowing these healthy conversations we're we're reflecting from our own opinions I think chaplain you mentioned a good point about diversity I think it's very important to acknowledge someone and everybody's differences. Um, But as far as treating them differently, that is where sometimes it's a sticky topic. I don't want to be treated differently, but I do want you to acknowledge that I am different from you and that we have differences. And it is helpful to learn from it and maybe ask about it. I'm actually trying to plan a barbecue right now for Independence Day, and I'm not planning it, actually. But I've never been to an American barbecue. So that's really weird for me. So I'm asking questions and they're just like, you don't eat that? I'm like, no. But there's differences and it's not a sign yeah. of coming from, a, oh, well, you're just not going to come. You don't trust what you eat. but Because uh, they really don't want me to cook. But still. I was know. really mean to you about your vegan hot dogs. You was, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's still being open to it yeah. and saying, maybe try a vegan hot dog. I will try a vegan hot dog. Um, yeah. But, and just, again, just being open to it and not making me feel so ostracized 
for not eating ribs. Yeah. I apologize. Come on now. I mean, <laughs> honestly, if you don't eat ribs, that's more ribs for me. So I'm that, okay with that. This is, this is true. And uh, so, Sabrina, I, I believe I hear what you're saying because we we walk around and we do wear the same uniform. We carry the same name of the U.S. Army. And for to a certain degree, we have the same goal to fight and win our nation's battles. And what I feel like that actually makes us a stronger army is the fact of our diversity and how we can take that diversity and still come under one fighting goal to to fight and win our nation's battles. If we snuff that out and we take away and everybody becomes the same, we really will lose stability within our force. And so by embracing who we are, our cultural backgrounds, our in that uh, ethnicity is important. And even even that that was one thing pointed out too in the letter I read from Chief of Staff was we do understand the importance of taking care of people and of treating every person with dignity and respect. And by that, it goes right back to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I want to put one caveat out here because I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't. We are emphasizing how important these conversations are. But by no means are we saying that you have to have these conversations. If you are not in the appropriate mind space or you're just, you're just not there for it, you do not have to have these conversations. Don't feel like you owe anybody your point of view. Um, I have a really close friend who wants to have these conversations, but he just recently lost his father and is dealing with his whole world changing. And in talking with him, I I really tried to encourage him that part of having these conversations is needing to know when to have them and when to not. Yeah. When to take care of yourself and when to help others see your point of view. That's good. And that is a that's a decision that you make moment by moment. He might be able to have that conversation in one moment and then the next moment he can't. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to not have to have these conversations. It's okay to take time and think about it. It's okay to talk to people that are like-minded or whatever before you have one of these deep dives. And if you want somebody to kind of talk through that with you or explore ways that you can, you know, shore up your own reserves before you go into these conversations, you know, let us know with your behavioral health team or your unit ministry team or EOA. You know, we have skills in our in our toolbox yeah. that you can utilize. Mm-hmm. Sir Holly. If, you, if that's all. Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> but um, put them on the but spot. Put you on yeah, the spot. put you on the spot. <laughs> what are some things, keeping in mind that we are soldiers and that we're Oconus, what are some things that we can and cannot do? So as soldiers, we still have um, freedom of speech. Um, but... But when it comes to like having these conversations, we're, we're very open to having these dialogues with people. And I think the most important thing is, is just asking each other how that they feel or the experiences that they've had. Um, th- this is what's important. It's, it's not trying to push your 
ideology onto other people, mm-hmm. but, but it is just trying to figure out the experiences in life that they've gone through. But like when it comes to some of the things that's like the protesting and stuff that's happening in the U.S., um, like right now, like as soldiers, can you protest? Yes, you, you could protest, right? Mm-hmm. But um, things that we cannot do, uh, we cannot do this while on duty. We cannot protest. This is in the United States. In, in the United States. We cannot protest while in foreign countries. Mm-hmm. So, so being here in Germany, um, we're not, as American soldiers, we're not allowed to protest. Um, when the activities consist of breaching of law and order or there's violence is likely to result. And then also, very important, you are never allowed to protest while in uniform. Right. So, so in the United States, I can join a peaceful protest demonstration if I'm not in uniform and I'm not wearing anything that's representing the United States Army. It, exa- I can represent myself in that peaceful protest. Exactly. Okay. And remember, we, we have to speak for self, so we could go out there and protest for your own ideas, but you cannot represent the U.S. Army Got it. to mm-hmm. protest. And so for, for here, I can't do that. So being Oconus, I cannot join protests no matter what. Exactly. Okay. So okay. what can yeah. we do yeah. here? So even with like times like today with uh, social media being very dominant in uh, society, uh, we, we definitely can still uh, put your ideas or your mind uh, onto social media like Facebook posts. Um, but, but the things that you got to remember, um, we are still held accountable under UCMJ. Mm-hmm. So being very extremist ideas, um, we, we got to stay away from that. But you still can um, support uh, you, your ideas and, and also protest. But just remember, can't do it in uniform. Um, we cannot represent the U.S. Army mm-hmm. or the military uh, while on social media. But we still do have the right to make uh, political statements on social media. So it's okay for me to put on fo- Facebook like what my emotional feelings are about whatever is going on in today's society. So um, my responses and how I feel and um, maybe what I agree with and what I disagree with. But as far as me taking direct attacks on certain people, that's kind of where I'm crossing the line. Yeah, we we definitely cannot. We definitely cannot talk about um, or attack certain people, um, especially when it comes to uh, people that support and defend this constitution or uh, political leaders, yeah, we, we definitely cannot do that. But you can discuss your point of views and if, if you're mm-hmm. hurt, hurting in these situations. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the stuff that's going on today, we, we could still discuss and even put it on social media if you would like. Okay. Uh, but, but you just gotta be careful not to have those extremists and that we are still held accountable under UCMJ. Yeah. We've got to remember that. Yeah, and if, if you got any questions, uh, we can always reach out to the EOLs or EOAs within the organization to include coming to the Behavioral Health Office to, to talk with Captain Hernandez and Captain Lewis or the unit ministry teams that are throughout the organization. We all are here and part of this, this together. And part of what we're providing you is our ways to have a health conversation to allow your voice to be heard. And also, just to add, um, if this is actually something that you would love to have a discussion with, um, with, the, with your behavioral health team or whoever else that wants to be part of it, 
um, on a larger scale. Um, I actually have a little Dropbox just outside of my office. Um, you can put in, just put that you're interested in having basically a discussion and let me know what unit you're with. And so that way, if I get a bunch from certain units, then maybe we'll just um, do it as a whole brigade conversation. Or if there's a lot from one unit as opposed to the other, then um, we may just have it with one unit or just leave it open to whoever wants to attend. We do have to um, get a good head count prior to so that we'll know kind of how many and how many sessions we may, may need to have because of course we're still within the COVID environment. So um, if that is something that you're interested in having, um, we are more than welcome to facilitate something like that and more than willing. So definitely let us know. So you can find that box on the third floor of the Brigade Headquarters building. As soon as you come up the stairs, yeah, myself and Captain Lewis's offices are right there. We do thank you for tuning in this week. Next week we will have mindfulness number two. And thank you to Sergeant First Class Philip Hawley for joining us today. He will PCS soon, but not yet. So tune in. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in.